Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 35, verses 1 through 10. Contend, O Lord, with those who contend with me. Fight against those who fight against me. Take hold of shield and buckler and rise up to help me. Draw the spear and javelin against my pursuers. Say to my soul, I am your salvation. Let them be put to shame and dishonor who seek after my life. Let them be turned back and confounded who devise evil against me. Let them be like chaff before the wind. Let the angel of the Lord, with the angel of the Lord driving them on. Let their way be dark and slippery, with the angel of the Lord pursuing them. For without cause they hid their net for me. Without cause they dug a pit for my life. Let ruin come to them unawares, and let the net that they hid ensnare them. Let them fall into it, to their ruin. Then let my, then my soul shall rejoice in the Lord exulting in his deliverance. All my bones shall say, O Lord, who is like you? You deliver the weak from those too strong for them, the weak and needy from those who despoil them. Jeremiah chapter 29, verses 1 through 14. These are the words of the letter that the prophet Jeremiah sent from Jerusalem to the remaining elders among the exiles and to the priests, the prophets, and all the people, whom Nebuchadnezzar has taken into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. This was after King Jeconiah and the Queen Mother, the court officials, the leaders of Judah and Jerusalem, the artisans and the smiths had departed from Jerusalem. The letter was sent by the hand of Elasa, son of Shaphan, and Gamariah, son of Hilkiah, whom King Zedekiah of Judah sent to Babylon, to King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. It said, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon, build houses and live in them, plant gardens and eat what they produce, take wives and sons and daughters, take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage, that they may bear sons and daughters, multiply there and do not decrease, but seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare you will find your welfare. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Do not let the prophets and the diviners who are among you deceive you, and do not listen to the dreams that they dream. For it is a lie that they are prophesying to you in my name. I did not send them, says the Lord. For thus says the Lord, Only when Babylon's seventy years are completed will I visit you, and I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back into this place. For surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for harm, to give you a future with hope. Then when you call upon me and come and pray to me, I will hear you. When you search for me, you will find me. If you seek me with all your heart, I will let you find me, says the Lord, and I will restore your fortunes and gather from all the nations and all the places where I have driven you, says the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place from which I sent you into exile. 
the Gospel of Mark, chapter 5, verses 1 through 20. They came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gerasenes. And when he had stepped out of the boat, immediately a man out of the tombs with an unclean spirit met him. He lived among the tombs, and no one could restrain him anymore, even with a chain. For he had often been restrained with shackles and chains, but the chains he wrenched apart and the shackles he broke into pieces, and no one had the strength to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and on the mountains he was always howling and bruising himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and bowed down before him, and he shouted at the top of his voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I adjure you by God, do not torment me. For he had said to him, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. Then Jesus asked him, What is your name? He replied, My name is Legion, for we are many. He begged him earnestly not to send him out of the country. Now there on the hillside a great herd of swine was feeding, and the unclean spirits begged him, Send us into the swine, let us enter them. So he gave them permission. And the unclean spirits came out and entered the swine, and the herd, numbering about two thousand, rushed down the steep bank into the sea, and were drowned in the sea. The swineherds ran off and told it in the city and in the country. Then people came to see what it was that had happened. They came to Jesus and saw the demoniac sitting there, clothed and in his right mind, the very man who had had the legion, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it, those who had seen what had happened to the demoniac and to the, twi- the swine reported it. Then they began to beg Jesus to leave their neighborhood. As he was getting into the boat, the man who had been possessed by demons begged him that he might be with him. But Jesus refused and said to him, Go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and what mercy he has shown you. And he went away and began to, began to proclaim in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him, and everyone was amazed. Good morning and welcome to the fourth Wednesday after Epiphany. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from Imesville, Maryland. This morning's readings come to us from Psalm 35, Jeremiah 29, and Mark 5. Um, and I remember the the Gerasene demoniac. I remember doing a Bible study on that when I was still in seminary. And the um, the the popular idea or the the I don't know the consensus that I had found was that it's this you know thinly veiled criticism of the empire and of imperial thinking and of um, of the military and the reason that people think that is um, this word legion um, most none of the writers of the gospels or the letters are soldiers. The only experience they have of the military is their own encounters. Um, at the time, in the setting of the story, um, none of nobody would have encountered a legion or legionaries. There were no legions stationed in Judea. Uh, the closest would have been in the kind of parent province of Syria, um, and even that wouldn't have been, you know, it, it wouldn't have been. Uh, oppressive, it would have just been a garrisoned unit. Um, but he says legion, and people think that is a, a nod to the military. Um, there is uh, Legio X uh, Ten Fratensis that later comes under Titus's command and destroys the temple in 70 AD. Um, and it's one of its mascots or symbols is a pig. 
it's a bore, but whatever. Um, and the uh, so the popular opinion is that this guy is a kind of this tongue-in-cheek reference to the military. And it's this anti-imperial kind of pornography or, or like um, fan fiction where Mark expels the military from Israel um, through this depiction of the Gerasene demoniac. Um, but that doesn't really fit with anything that we can ascertain um, in, in terms of like facts on the ground. So like I said, there's no legions. There were auxilia, auxiliary troops who would have been brown-skinned, would have spoken Aramaic or Greek, um, and it wasn't an army of occupation until, um, you know, the the Jewish War of seventy A.D. Um, so they wouldn't have encountered them. Um, even the setting in Gerasa and the Decapolis, which it actually mentions in the last line, that was actually an an independent area that had been under Herodian rule um, against their will until um, Judea was annexed in 6 BCE. Um, When Herod the Great died, um, his sons split up the land, there's a dispute, and Rome, uh, there's an appeal to Rome, to the emperor, and basically the emperor sided with um, Herod Antipas and said, okay, you're no longer completely independent. We're now going to annex this, and we're going to station auxiliary troops there, in addition to the royal army that Herod had. Um, the Decapolis, under Herod, the, the, the Decapolis was not pro-Jewish. They weren't Jews. They didn't like Her- the Herods, and they, didn't, you know, they were mostly Gentiles. The Decapolis, including uh, Gerasa, was pro-Rome. Rome had freed them from Herod's thumb. Um, So in the setting, none of them would have had anti-imperial sentiment. Um, The legion stuff, again, Mark, I'm sure, uh, is writing after the Jewish war. He knows about uh, Legio Fratensis and their boar. Um, And the, um, uh, but there's no, like the numbers are usually important, and yet there's no military unit that's two thousand people strong, um, and it's it's really unclear why um, why the people don't want him to stick around, or they in, you know in other versions of the story it varies a little bit, um, and so it's just not clear what this is actually about. Um, Christopher Zeichman in his relatively new book, um, uh, the Roman Army in the New Testament. Um, he suggests that it's it's actually the inverse. It's not that the military is is satanic and evil, um, but that evil is given structure and form, much like the military. Um, you know, just like angels have their legions, and you know, um, Jesus at at Gethsemane says similarly. Don't you think I can call down twelve legions of angels? It's because the heavenly hosts are organized and structured, um, you know, very meticulously, just like a military is. Um, and so, it doesn't really make sense to to read this as an anti-imperial, anti-Rome screed. Um, 
it it does appear elsewhere, so we can be relatively confident that it does it did occur. Um, but the point behind it is not necessarily to satisfy people's anti-Roman sentiment by giving them this image of Jesus expelling Rome from Israel via the Gerasene demoniac. Um, especially with the Decapolis, um, it seems instead that it might be that Rome actually can be either or. It can destroy the temple, but it can also build roads. Um, that you know Jesus doesn't um, advocate violent overthrow, uh, unlike most of the other messianic imposters like Theudius, um, Judas the Galilean, um, all of these, um, you know, pretenders tried to raise up a force to overthrow Rome because Israel thought that's what it needed. Um, but in our Jeremiah reading this morning, we get this reminder that not all exiles, not all occupations, not all um, subordination to the nations, um, not all of that is bad. That, in fact, there might be a call in which God says, settle down, uh, plant gardens and eat from them, take wives and, and husbands, have children. Um, I'll be back in 70 years, but before then, even though you know the the exile about to Babylon by uh, under King, King Nebuchadnezzar was not pleasant, um, it also wasn't something that Jeremiah um, or God using Jeremiah as God's voice. Um, that isn't something that was that God was opposed to, but God used. Um, instead, um, the people are told seek the welfare of the city, seek the welfare of Babylon, seek the welfare of the nation in which you find yourselves. Um, Rather than look for things that aren't there, um, these anti-imperial sentiments, which are are fine, those are totally legit and fine, Um, you might be burning energy that might, that could be used in other ways. Um, Rather, it may be um, that these prophets and diviners that are among you, stirring up this anger at Babylon and and America, they may be deceiving you. Um, listening to the dreams that they dream may not be the dreams that God dreams for us. Um, and we should be careful and test the spirits um, in order to understand what it is that we are called to do and to be here in this place that we find ourselves. Um, for those of us like me who were born here, we can't get the America out of us, no matter what kind of evil it's it's done or is doing. Um, there's, you know, I mean, you can throw your hands up and, and get exasperated and try and walk off, but what good is that doing? Um, but if you are in the belly of the beast, if you're here and you are not, um, blinded by, you know, um, blind patriotism and and nationalism or supremacy, racial supremacy, um, then you can do a lot of good, um, Rome is not is not unlike uh, America and vice versa. As citizens, we have this this a certain kind of power, and Ro- Paul knew this, um, and he used it to um, advance his um, you know advance the gospel and to do the things that God was calling him to do um, without regard to his own safety, without regard to um, injustice against him. He just kept doing it. Um, uh, he made his lot what it was, um, what God told him to do, and what God had for him, he accepted. 
Um, and so I think that is what stands out to me in this reading is, you know, this <clears throat> military reading of the demoniac is compelling, but it breaks down under, <clears throat> under scrutiny. Um, and it may be that we've, we're reading it wrong, um, that our, our, our frustration and anger, uh, although perfectly justified, might be coloring our, um, our interpretation of the gospel. And that's a problem because the gospel um, must shape us uh, instead of the other way around. A prayer for our country from the Book of Common Prayer. Almighty God, who has given us this good land for our heritage, we humbly beseech you that we may always prove ourselves a people mindful of your favor and glad to do your will. Bless our land with honorable industry, sound learning, and pure manners. Save us from violence, discord, and confusion, from pride and arrogance, and from every evil way. Defend our liberties and fashion into one united people the multitudes brought hither out of many peoples and languages. Endure, endure with the spirit of wisdom those to who in your name we entrust the authority of government, that there may be justice and peace at home, and that through obedience to your law we may show forth your praise among nations of the earth. In the time of prosperity, fill our hearts with thankfulness, and in the day of trouble, Suffer not our trust in you to fail. All which we seek through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with PewPewHQ in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in the episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.